Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Oh, Steve, God, it's uh, it's cold up here this morning. Crikey. It's cold, cold and yeah. down south. Well, I'm in the top room and the radiator's not on yet. You're probably too mean to put the heating on, aren't you? That's what you I haven't put the heating on yet. Yeah, well, I just haven't switched the what? button. Don't you have it on a thermostat or a timer or something? We just, when we go to bed, we turn it down, and when we get up in the morning, we turn it up, and that suits us both. <laughs> you don't really need. Why, why would you need ridiculous complex stuff when that works perfectly satisfactorily? This is a problem with modern life. It's all this extraneous crap that we have in our lives, all this nonsense that we have to deal with that we just don't need, right? You don't need a complex computer to do your heating. You can just turn it up and turn it back down again. It's amazing what your fingers and a button can do. But yeah. I'd be happy with a dial, Steve, just a you, dial. You, you hardly use technology at all in your everyday life, do you? It's not as though you use it every day, all day. You don't want it to get better. Functionality. This is one of my other bugbears, Steve. You've set me off on a rant already. We haven't even I like started. It. I love it. One of my other bugbears is computers have not got any bloody quicker in like 20 years. It still takes the same amount of time to open a program or do anything. Because you don't update your computer for a decade and you buy the cheapest one possible when you do. I just get what the university provides for. Don't ever believe the university. Do you think the world's (laughs) best IT people work at universities? The point is, computers, they become more powerful, but then you just fill them up with ever more crap that they have to deal with. You know, little pretty pictures on word packages and things like that. It's nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> all right anyway, I'm, I'm sorry for making you for for asking why you might want to have a thermostat because it's live simply, live simply be happier that's all i'm saying <laughs> Nick, anyway, a, over the summer over the summer i thought about going on a holiday to iceland because i had a bit of t- about a bit of time off work and i just thought and maria my wife had stuff to do around and about the country and i thought you know what i could take some time off and i thought about going to iceland so i looked into it that i soon had to knock that idea on the head this was this was in during the summer when we were allowed to travel exactly and i thought iceland was one of the countries that wasn't on the lists or anything like that so i thought go to iceland unfortunately when you go to iceland when you land you've got to have a covid test and then you've got to quarantine for five days and then have another test before you can do anything so you have to spend five days locked in iceland in a room before you can do anything so you have to go there for quite a long period of time to be able to enjoy it and i didn't have a long period of time so gave it up anyway i've been having a look at what iceland have been doing um during covid iceland is kind of quite an interesting country do you know why steve um it's got extremely low population so number so i suppose you know it must be harder is it easier for the harder for them to spread the virus because there's just fewer people I'm not sure about that. I mean, you're right. Yeah, probably. There, there's, there's 368,000 people that live in Iceland. So it's a small place, probably the population of somewhere like Cardiff and its surrounding suburb. And there's only one way in and one way out, generally speaking. You're not going to rock up there in a, in a yacht, generally. No. You no. fly into Reykjavik and you fly out of Reykjavik Airport. So it's a one way in, one way out. So initially, I thought maybe... Because I could go there in the summer, I'd realise they hadn't done what New Zealand had done. You know what New Zealand did? Uh, no, tell me. They just stopped people going in and going out. They just sort of locked yeah. it down. Actually, my, my, one of my very good friends, he was travelling around the world during that, and he was in New Zealand. He got like, I think he got, got out in the last few days before they shut everything down. He just jumped okay. on the airplane. 
Anyway, they didn't do that in Iceland, but they did very well in contact tracing because they've got the healthcare system set up for kind of doing mass surveillance and screening. Is, it, the, is it as good as our one that costs £12.5 billion, pounds, Nick? I think, I believe, Steve, it's marginally better. That's, that's my... That's the, my best, the best in the world, Boris says. <laughs> anyway, they were able to do contact tracing quite rapidly and quite quickly. Um, so when, just going back to when all this kicked off, it was estimated initially that WHO after Wuhan said that the, the, the virus, I don't know whether we remember this, but COVID had a, an infection fatality rate of 3.4%. Right. That seems yeah. Okay. That seems high. Crazy high. This is why this is why I think we've all got a bit over gone a bit over the top with everything. Anyway, it's much lower than that. So Iceland found out over the studies that they did during Easter that the IFR was probably somewhere closer to about 0.3%. Okay. That's and obviously heavily skewed towards older people. So in in people like you or I, it's much, much lower than 0.3%. I mean I barely know anyone who's got sick, never mind, um, become ill from, from Indeed, COVID. Yeah. So, so it must be pretty low just based on that kind of common sense thing. Anyway, they did it. And what they were able to do with this, they, they were able to suppress the virus to such an extent in those first few months that there were only 12 new cases diagnosed between the 1st of May and the end of June, 30th of June that year. Wow. So it's pretty incredible, isn't it? And they knew exactly when someone became ill, exactly who they'd infected. What they didn't do is close the borders, but they, they did do this testing thing, but that apparently doesn't catch everyone. So even if you test people twice, there's still a chance people get out and start spreading the disease around again. What's the, what's the how many people have died in Iceland from? How many people? 28 people have died in Iceland. Wow. Okay. So it's something like seven per hundred thousand people. Whereas, do you know what it is in the UK? Oh, it's like one hundred and fifty or something. Yeah. I think it's eighty or ninety in the UK. Okay. Eighty or ninety people per hundred thousand people. So it's still not massive. Um, but anyway, I just thought it was interesting. They've got this biotech company called Decode. So the Decode have already done a lot of work, genome doing genome work in the Icelandic population. I don't know if you remember, but Iceland, because it's kind of like a closed country, there's a lot of inbreeding that's happened there mm -hmm. well, not in like a bad way but you remember they've got apps in new zealand that when you meet someone off the internet they can find out how closely related they are to involve yeah. to avoid any nasty surprises down the, down the line they found out you're with, you're with your they're, first they're romantic <laughs> but so they're set up to do this type of thing so they're kind of like in a really good place but anyway, they've done a really good job on it. I mean, they, they're still, they've still had outbreaks. They had another outbreak over sort of the um, the autumn, sort of September, October. It's never really got out of control, and they always know who these people are. Has any country avoided the second wave? I don't think so. I don't know. I couldn't answer that off the top of my head. Uh, interesting, isn't it? I wonder if anybody... Yeah. Mm, but anyway, the other stuff that they found, I mean, because they've got this really tight population and they can do this screening so well, they can... They can get to the bottom of things. There was a, a paper published in the BMJ just at the start of the month, which was about the clinical spectrum of disease. So they did a, a, a study based on screening everybody. And they worked out. And I remember, Steve, you think you've had COVID, haven't you? You know you've had yeah. COVID. You've had COVID. Yeah. Been tested and yeah. So the main symptoms were myalgia. That's muscle achiness. 55% of people had. This, um, is, this is in Iceland. This is in Iceland. Mm. 51% had headaches. Did you have a headache? No. 49% uh, had a non-productive cough. No. 
I just um, lost, I lost my sense of taste. Yeah, that's all that happened to me. And fifteen, a lot of people were asymptomatic as well. So, anyway, that's just a a little aside about Iceland. So, I love Iceland. I've been there, Steve. It's very nice. I've been through there. I've never really been there. I've stopped never got off the airplane. airplane. No, I got off the airplane, but jumped on another airplane. But oh, I recommend it thoroughly. It's really, it really expensive. I don't remember it being a special. I mean, it was a bit expensive, but not crazy expensive. No, I mean well, beers were expensive. If you like drinking beer, that's going to set you back a bit of cash. Um, <laughs> but it's a pretty fascinating landscape. We hired a car and drove around and looked at waterfalls and glaciers and volcanoes and things. Landscape. So I recommend it, Steve. Anyway, but they're also very good at dealing with COVID. So hopefully, um, well done, Iceland. Iceland. Well Bjork. You're a winner. 